For all those truth seekers out there, like ourselves, please email us any questions, comments, evidence, or theories you may have at I want the number two believe one one five at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. UFO Known. Once again, joined by, of course, Blind Mike. What up? We have a guest in the show today, Casey Skinner. Hey, what's going on, people? Casey, you dabble in the witchcraft known as NLP, Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it necessarily witchcraft. Oh, I'm sorry. Alleged witchcraft. You know, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer wizard, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or Jedi, you know. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Me and... uh, my best friend and co-worker, co- co-founder, co-founded, wow, co-founded <laughs> Forged Freedom NLP, actually, and uh, both he and I... Uh, John, right? John? Yeah, John. Yep. And um, He's gorgeous, by the way. I just want to say that. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Well, John. I'll let him know. He is actually taken, though, but um, I'll let Fuck! him know that you said something, <laughs> and I'll let him know Anyways, tonight. Anyways, continue. continue on. <laughs> we created Forged Freedom with the sole purpose of helping people get uh, impactful, lasting, uh, and immediate change. In their lives, uh, people that are struggling, um, you know, with depression, there's 123 uh, suicides a day in America, uh, 23, you know, veterans a day. And yeah. I mean, that's uh, that leaves 100 other people. You know, these are our brothers, you know, fathers, sisters. One in four Americans are actually have some sort of mental illness. What NLP is at its base, it's called neuro-linguistic programming, if you do not know. Um, If you take the words specifically, neuro being your neurology um, and how it interacts with uh, language, which is how we communicate with ourselves and how we communicate with others, both non-verbally and verbally, and how those intertwine and uh, create patterns of behaviors, which is the programming aspect. So in a sense, it's thinking on purpose. What NLP does in a large way is takes uh, how we... uh, subjectively view the world because we can't know we can't actually read people's minds by any means no one can do that but if you uh, ask questions what they would call the meta model to get the client's mind or your mind to a point where you can actually uh, discover your own solutions with the right set of questions basically it just rewires your brain and it rewires those neurocortical pathways that are actually going to create better behaviors that serve you in a much better way, more effective way. So you can be happy, energetic, can go out and have a good time, get over fears, do some work on some sort of PTSD, not necessarily a cure because we can't say we're not curing by any means. Use that as a more, more of a strength and perhaps push themselves to a, another level in their life and live an extraordinary life because we all deserve to live an extraordinary life. It's it's the only life that we get, so we really have to make something of it. So we really want to help people with that. I love it. That's badass, man. Yeah, Long-winded, but, you know. There's no easy answer to anything, really. I mean, you know, if you look at anything in-depth, there's going to be an in-depth answer. So Exactly, because he, Ben, could have just said, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> Calls him like he sees him. So NLP, Casey Skinner, John Bernard, these are the guys. And you said Forge Freedom, right? Forged Freedom NLP, Forged Freedom. yes, sir. Check it out. With that in mind of opening your mind, we got a doozy. Ooh, sounds good. We are going to start with 
1941 UFO crash. It signifies the boom in technology that we know put us to where we are today. Cape Girardeau, Missouri. So in the spring of 1941, UFO crashes in the woods nearby. Reverend William Huffman, who was an evangelist, he gets a call. He's driven about 10 to 15 miles away into some woods outside of the town. So what he sees when they come upon the crash is he sees a bunch of policemen, the fire department, FBI agents, photographers, and they're all around this wreckage. So he was asked to go over and pray over three dead bodies. Yep. Wasn't told anything else. As he started to see things for what they were, his curiosity was struck by the sight of the craft itself. He expected to be a small plane. However, it was not. He was shocked to see that it was actually disc-shaped. And he was able to get close enough to where when he looked inside, he saw hieroglyphic-like symbols that he did not understand. He's probably not an archaeologist. No, he was just a man of God. Yep. So then he's shown to these three victims, not human as he expected, but small alien bodies with large eyes, hardly a mouth or ears, and completely hairless. Did he say what color? He did not say what oh, color. Oh, man. I know, I know, I know. He's, he's asked to do, uh, to do the last rites. Okay, so he does his last rites. And after he does this, he's sworn to secrecy by a bunch of military personnel who, probably at that the point, FBI. probably, at that point, had taken charge of the CIA. entire area. He sees them, with, uh, them giving these warnings out to multiple people. They swore him to secrecy. They take him back home. The military, when they were taking over the scene, were just packaging and labeling all these individual pieces of the debris. And he couldn't keep the secret to himself like all the military personnel told him to. He tells his wife, who goes by the name... Are you ready for this, Casey? I'm absolutely ready. Floyd. Floyd? We well, don't know that. Well, as Mike stated, he says it could be a silent Y. Okay. <laughs> She's <laughs> the original Flo. Aunt Flo. She... she <laughs> Floy. It's 1941. That shit had to Maybe have started like sometime. E. You know what I mean? You don't know. You know what I mean? You don't Maybe know what the rest of, of accent, this lady's you know? life is. Just, it's not going to be like, oh, and she recounts his occasion. And she was also, <laughs> on a side note, the founder of Kotex or something. <laughs> okay, you can't tell me any of that. No, it, the history, the events in history are all linked. So clearly, yeah, Kotex. This story leads directly to Kotex with wings. Yep. Hear that? Ant Flo's not offensive anymore. <laughs> not offensive. <laughs> Spread the word. Tells his wife, Floy, we're assuming Floy, uh, and his sons, which uh, we're, we're not sure how many sons he had because they lived in Missouri and he was uh, assuming Catholic. I'm going to say he has 12 and a half. The family discussion that would spawn the story that this woman, Charlotte Mann, would hear from her grandmother in 1984 her as she lay dying of cancer at Charlotte's home while undergoing radiation therapy. It's so Charlotte's told this story over the span of several days. And so even though Charlotte had heard bits and pieces of the story before, she demanded the full details from her dying grandmother. As she's spending her last few days on Earth... She's, She's spending this, Charlotte's spending the time getting all the details. She learned that one of the members of her grandfather's congregation, thought to be Garland Fraunenberger, had what given a him a photograph taken on the night of the crash. See, I had not heard this. What now? So the picture was one of the dead aliens being helped up by two men. Oh, snap. Charlotte Mann, in her own words, an account of what she knew for a television documentary. Some of that account is right here. I saw the picture. Originally, my dad, who had gotten it from my grandfather, 
who was a Baptist minister in the Cape Girardeau, Missouri in the spring of 41. I saw that picture and asked my grandmother at a later time. She was at my home fatally ill with cancer, so we had a frank discussion. She said that grandfather was called out in the spring of 1941, in the around 9, 9.30, that someone had been called out to a plane crash outside of town and would be willing to go to minister to people there, which he did. Upon arrival, it was a very different situation. It was not a conventional aircraft as we know it. He described it as a saucer that was metallic in color, no seams, didn't look like anything he had seen. It had been broken, open in one portion, and so he could walk up and see that. In looking, he saw a small metal chair, gauges and dials and things he had never seen. However, what impressed him most was around the inside, there was inscriptions and writings, which he said he didn't recognize, but were similar to Egyptian hieroglyphics. There were three entities, or non-human people, lying on the ground. Two were just outside the saucer, and a third one was farther out. His understanding was that perhaps that third one wasn't dead on impact. There had been mention of a ball of fire, but none of the entities had been burned. And so Father did pray over them, giving them last rites. There were many people there, fire people, photographers, and so they lifted one up, and two men on either side stood him up, and they stretched his arms out, and they had him under the armpits and out here. As I recall from the picture, I I saw he was about four feet tall, appeared to have no bone structure, soft-looking, squishy. He had a suit on, or we assume it was a suit. It could have been his skin. It would look like crinkled, soft aluminum foil. I recall it had very long hands, very long fingers, and I think there were three, but I can't swear to that. My grandfather, upon arrival, said there was already several people there on the scene, two that he assumed were local photographers, fire people. And so not long after they arrived, military just showed up, surrounded the area, took them off in groups separately, and spoke to each of them. Grandfather didn't know what was said to the others, but he was told, this didn't happen. You didn't see this. This is a national security. It is never to be talked about again. My grandfather was an honorable man being a preacher. That's all that needed to be said to him. And so he came home, told the story to my dad, who was there, and my grandmother and my uncle. Now my mother was expecting at the time, so she was off in the bedroom. My sister was born May 3rd, 1941, so we are assuming that this was the middle of the last of April, and he never spoke of it again. But about two weeks later, one of the men who had a personal camera that he had put in his shirt pocket approached Grandfather and said, I think someone needs a copy of this, and I would like you to keep one. So that's how it came about that Grandfather had the picture to begin with, but he never spoke of it again. The other people seemed to be very intimidated and very frightened and paranoid. Wow. That's a hell of a testimony right there by that that woman. Thank you, Miss Man. 
Charlotte Man. Her name Grandma Flo and Miss Man. Charlotte what? Charlotte Apparently, other supporting living witnesses include oh, uh, Charlotte yeah. Man's sister, who confirmed her story in a notarized sworn affidavit, the living brother of the Cape Girardeau County Sheriff in 1941, Clarence R. Shade. He remembers hearing the account of the crash, but doesn't have many details. So he heard it from somebody else. There's the picture. That looks fake as fuck. Yeah, looks pretty fake. Dude, I'm that looks. Lie, but the people can't see it. Fake though. doll. Welcome to my world, yeah, people. So, <laughs> go to UFO Casebook, all one word, dot com <laughs> slash Missouri Crash. If you don't know how to spell Missouri, fuck you. Abbreviated um, M O. That's where you can find this whole story. So there's Minus a picture the, here. Yeah, uh, eyewitness account there of well, Miss Man. I mean, it's that's there, a here it's exclusive, there writing, folks. But, you know, not the emotional words of her oh herself. So there are also fire department records of the date of the crash. It confirms the military swearing department members to secrecy. Oh, and also the removal of all the evidence from the scene by the military personnel. Gasp. You can look it up. UFO crash retrievals, the inner sanctum. That's a book. Okay, now. Um, to further what I had heard now, because yeah. all of that was her account. Well, what I had also heard is that those uh, the government agents packing up all of these individual pieces of debris had uh, taken them to be researched at Purdue University. Oh, yeah. Uh, given to a grad student. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, no names were involved, but uh, allegedly a government official put something in this kid's hands. At, some exotic uh, tech. He was told it was from some unnamed foreign uh, government. He said, you know, figure out what it does, how it works. But it was it had alleged that they had done that to multiple grad students. Uh, to have it analyzed at first. Cause, so that leads me to believe that there wasn't already a program uh, involved to, uh, like, it wasn't reported that they picked this thing up and took it to Area 51, like the Roswell incident. So they took it to Purdue. Maybe after we got some of that technology and had it reviewed, then put in place a security measure to take it elsewhere far more privately. It was uh, home of some of the brightest minds in 1941. Only six years after that is when uh, the release of the transistor had come out. Well, just before that, six months before the release of the transistor, we have Roswell. Yeah. June 14th, 1947. And then six months later is when the transistor is officially released to the public. December 16th is when it was December initially uh, invented. And then yeah. I believe it was 23rd when it's officially released. Gotcha. It's very plausible. I mean, this is a it's very convenient. solid theory. That, yeah, very convenient. I mean, the sequence of events. Okay, if you look at it like this, from 1941, if they got their hands on some technology and were able to study it for six years, and then Roswell happens, they already have kind of an inkling of what they're doing. So now all they have to do is apply it to the technology that six years later is probably more advanced, which led them, bam, like you said, to the transistor. So originally well, yeah. they probably got the technology, were learning, studying, and then bam, they get another piece of technology well, that perhaps knows? maybe yeah. fit together. Maybe it maybe it kind who of became the key to the whole of thing. That craft, there was who only knows? a hole in one side. Exactly. Based on the account. So who knows what they got. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, imagine the fact that if they admitted it would have happened. People could have studied those 
images inside that craft come up with possible way to decipher them maybe and and maybe we have more understanding into the situation instead of just being you know like that's what i hate about the fact that you know you have government departments that decide what's best i mean in certain situations i agree that it it should be a government department that determines what's best for people however when it comes to information how, how can you restrict information that's to me that is dangerous You know, because knowledge is power. So therefore, if you harbor all the knowledge, you are, in essence, taking all the power. Fuck you. I do understand the military standpoint, because if you share the information with the total public of your nation, especially at that time when it was nation to nation, it was Cold War. It it was World War Two. There was a lot going on. World War Two hadn't even ended. yet. Well, and like you had stated in in the previous episode, which was who knew what they believed in at the time? Exactly. Who knew what they believed? Who knew what they they thought it was Russians that were attempting some code that was now imprinted in the ship? I mean, who who knows what it was? Either German or uh, or Japan? Yeah. Because as we've talked about before, it's in human nature to associate what we don't know was something that we know. So the fact that they would have been like, well, the Russians are experimenting with this. So clearly it's a Russian probe or a Russian, Russian drone or, and, and they've just written code on the inside to keep us from being able to decipher their messages. I think especially during world war two, you know what I mean? Like yeah. at that Fighter point, planes it, were what we had. Yeah, exactly. In world That's war exactly II. how everything worked. Yeah. The technology at that point had taken a massive leap from world war one yeah. to world war two. It's exactly. incredible how much. So if, if, if you saw something that was way out of this world, you'd be like, Oh, whoa, you know, like imagine seeing, I don't remember what the planes were called, called the, the blitzkrieg planes, you know what I mean? Oh, Oh, yeah, I don't remember. But they were, I mean, those things are are badass looking. They look Mm -hmm. like, if you think about your your 1940, you know, you're you're, going to see these Mm -hmm. and you're going to be like, wow, that is incredible. And and then you just hear these like crazy, you know what I mean? So so you're seeing just World War II planes in general are way above their time. So if you see something else that's above its time, why wouldn't you think that that would be something from another country well think about it this way the further back you go say if there were contact in the 13 1400s everything is new like we're not there's so many things like think about just the astronomy looking up seeing the moon seeing saturn seeing mars or whatever from just the little telescopes they had we were open to new things what we have now is we think we what we know is right no, that's just it. This is right. This is the way it is. Back then it was, you know, well, it could be this. It could be that. You know, we don't know. All we know is this is what we see. We could explore the knowledge more. Now it's fed to us already pre-opinionated. You absorb it for what it is. You don't break it down. That's why you have people that are one way or the other. Yeah. Because you don't have anybody breaking it down. You don't have anybody investigating the information. They simply absorb the information and reiterate it. Or in most situations, they fucking just shit it back out. You know, it's literally that's what it is. It's just regurgitated bullshit is everything that is instead of being exploratory. Your search for knowledge was unparalleled at that time. Mm. You know, our our ambition and our industriousness was unparalleled. And like Mike said, now it's all about how industrious can we be for the individual person? It's less about what That's can it. I create it's not about and the what connected can I create goal. without duplicating yeah. what yeah. somebody else made. After this crash, right? That's when we start getting into the age of computers. The transistor, I think about it, after we released it at that time, it was five of them were in a radio. 
compared to there are billions inside of your your cell phone. It it allowed us to miniaturize all technology basically, because what would have been a supercomputer taking up a whole building back at that time is now what we put in our pockets. So that is only possible with transistors. Because of the invention or or acquiring discovery, of whatever the transistor, I, you wanna, it is single handedly responsible for the technology we have today. And I will give, I will give, if we uh, reverse engineered it, still there's credit there because I mean, if you hand me a computer chip, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. Ah, yeah, oh, let's figure it. out how this works by taking it apart. No, you had to have people that knew something about something. You'd have to test it. They'd have yeah. to specifically so, actually find and then reassemble. Exactly. Integrated CPU chips, fiber optics, night vision, stealth technology, and microwaves. Yeah, these were all things that were coming out around the time and within the next 20 years. Think about how much faster it came out when we got our hands on crazy shit back then. Well, Silicon Valley alone. I mean, look at the boom in that. Yeah, it's it's just think about going from having a huge refrigerator-sized radio Mm -hmm. to the next year getting just a little one that sits on your counter. Or some shit like that. Like, that's in that small amount of time, that's a huge jump. That leads us to what you were talking about, reverse engineering. That leads us to Bob Lazar. Yeah, he he had who, also claimed to work in this inner circle for it, reverse engineering, basically uh, crashed UFOs at this government facility right below Area 51 called S4. So if you're not familiar with Bob Lazar, I mean, Mike pretty much just gave a good summary right there, but basically he came public in a very controversial way. In fact, he was in the videos that you watch of him doing this, which pretty much if you just Google Bob Lazar, you're going to find videos of it. But when he comes out about it, it was all really secretive. Most of them are like him as a silhouette. He wouldn't even show his face for the longest time because he was, he was claiming that the government was, uh, was, trying to kill him. I think he also Head worked on like anti-gravity stuff they couldn't figure out. Well, he claims, what he claims is that he claims there were multiple teams that were working on multiple different types of technology and that no one single person or team was given the full amount of information and that's how they were able to keep everyone from knowing because here was my biggest issue with Bob was that he was very, very non-specific about certain things. Yeah. Um, in these really long, uh, like for instance, in Joe Rogan interview, he's very nondescript about certain things. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, he was very detailed on certain things Mm. and then very vague on others. And I thought, well, why is that? But he explains it that to keep everyone in the dark about the full, the whole picture of what was going on, they were only given one pieces of technology to work with and two no one team was in char- was a part of the entire project. Correct? These are all spacecrafts, right? Yeah. Well, it's it like anti gravity. Sort of, yeah. It's all these different well, things yeah, that were was, being reverse, quote unquote, reverse engineered. Allegedly, he, he was claiming that we had nine uh, crashed UFOs yep. uh, at this location, and oh, that okay. we S4. had a bunch of our own attempts. Yep. So this was when we and were And that's what people were witnessing. recreate okay. exactly. all this stuff. That's that the, cra- the crash-landed craft had already been down on the ground, that people weren't seeing. He claims that at least in that area, people weren't seeing UFOs. What they were seeing is they were seeing the government's attempt to reverse engineer those UFOs. Which I absolutely believe. Oh, sure. Yeah, and all, if if uh, there's any merit to any of this, that's what, like uh, trying with what we could figure out. We were very heavy into uh, nuclear technology and stuff. It's always, obviously, we didn't just come up with that in a year. 
uh, come the time, and this is still World War II, that's when we dropped the shit. So uh, there's been reports of like people getting too close to the crafts that I believe to be our government's uh, attempts, and we're getting like radiation burns, like they yeah. were putting out radioactivity and stuff. Yep. So fits with that because all the most I can't say all but a lot of the UFO sightings are people can get close they're hovering right above them they are not covered in lesions yeah like uh, getting leukemia that would be a very common uh, denominator if that yeah, was the case if that was there was just a bunch of people I saw a UFO and then yeah. this was happening but I feel that that was our early attempts to try and do it but still claim oh well it's unknown we don't know what these things are even exactly. though we grabbed it and are putting our own out why tell them if they're going to be uncontrolled ones flying around anyway we might as well put some of ours up there blame it on them why not people are already believing it yeah so exactly. as bold as claim yet though intergalactic space travel was made possible by this element 115 yeah. the unpentium that's what he so yeah, he called it element called 115 it. when no, he, he said, called it yeah, when they were working. oh he called, he called it, it ununpentium and then in 2004 when russian scientists officially discovered it at first they also called it ununpentium and then, based on uh, the fact that it was Russia, they can choose scientist names, choose country names, choose whatever, certain things to name uh, the element, so it became Moscovium. But when it was initially first discovered, they called it Ununpentium. Which he had he had predicted in 89, yeah. right? Uh, yep. He had come on and talking about it at 89, down to which two elements that it was, and then uh, the element number. 115, that's 95 plus 20, calcium and americanium. So it's, and it, he's claiming, we don't know this yet, but he's claiming that it uh, allows basically the warp drive. Yeah, he says the element is a near 100 perfect electromagnetic generator, making it possible to pull, pull your destination to you warping the fabric of space-time and arriving at your destination. Yeah, basically, pull, turn pretty. on your engine, your destination moves to you rapidly, and then you shut the engine off, and then you're just there. That sounds pretty wormholy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Wormholy. It'd be a localized wormhole, like able to That's... make it with your craft. We don't even understand them yet. It's all still science fiction for us because we have never seen one. Uh, what we are doing with uh, teleportation, I believe, to be part of possibly what makes up the wormhole, because we're attaching two points in space. A wormhole is two points in space theorized to be not only connected by space, but also by time, thus allowing you to travel back and forth in time through these spots. Mm. So we're part of the way there, not with physical beings, but still, if quantum entanglement has any merit to that as well which as we're proving it does thousand mile jump for information that if we were to somehow connect those two points in time that would at least with what we have now be able to send data into the past yeah it's a start you know I mean so, like that's definitely a start if you're getting anything sent i mean if, if data you can get i mean it's a big jump but at the same time it's a big jump from a mm -hmm. single cell organism to so since we're, on, since we're on the idea of reverse engineering, we're going to go back a little bit further than 1941. We're going to go back to um, Ooh, 1936. 1936, Nazi Germany. A mysterious disc-shaped craft is spotted flying erratically over the German countryside. 
It soon crashes into a nearby forest. Oh, what's that? <laughs> oh, what you doing? No. Uh, the disc is recovered by the military, and soon after, it catches the attention of Adolf Hitler. So Hitler orders that the crash debris is to be taken to well, Wellsworth Castle. The is it Vevez? No, Vevez Castle. No. It's it's pronounced Wewels. Wewels Castle. Yeah. <laughs> Wewels. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, it's hard to say. You get a British accent. Who knows? Uh, so take it to the Wewelsworth Castle, uh, which was uh, a massive stronghold located in the center of Nazi territory. So this was a major Nazi research facility run by Heinrich Himmler. Scientists examined the crash technology and realized that the physics behind the debris had to do with advanced propulsion. So the claim is that the wreckage contained an anti-gravity generator unlike anything we had seen before. Which, yeah, because we weren't dealing with electromagnetic pulses at that time. That's what the super collider is. It's basically a large scale, that's all particle acceleration is, feeding the electromagnetic pulse to feel that. And then it makes the objects heavier, but they're moving 11 times faster than the speed of sound the magnetic field holds it in place and keeps its shape and the light and nothing else can break the barrier from the electro uh, the, yeah. the electricity going through so then it pulsates as it constantly moves them around basically a uh, microwave a cup of water with a light bulb in it and how it will power the light bulb it'll pulsate on and off it would be a similar thing to that. Like if you could hear on that frequency, you would hear the uh, 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 of it going. And that's basically a light ph- phenomenon that goes along with the pulse and the sound, which is common in most UFO encounters. Yeah, a lot of them, all of them. Pulsating lights, humming. Different colored lights, which, I mean, we could only speculate. Could yep. be deper. Uh, or a whooshing. Yeah. Sound is what yeah. a lot of them describe. Yep. Yeah, who knows? The Nazis attempt to reverse engineer this technology, and it's placed under a project known as D or Die Die Glock. The Glock. The Glock. He told me this earlier, and I yeah, still fucked it, it, it up. It translates to the bell. Just call. It, you can just call it the bell. Yeah. So known as De Glock or as the <laughs> bell. Uh, so it said that this De Glock is an advanced super weapon designed to have total air superiority. Well, like we were just talking about how. World War II planes were above. Imagine yeah. if we had a craft moving around like a UFO. Exactly. Even uh, now. In any direction. Yeah. Any direction. In any, in any direction, direction. As fast as possible. There's, there's like no, no limit. Yeah. That's the no electromagnetic acceler- field. That's yep. the electromagnetic pulse at work. Once it goes off, it cuts the amount of Gs that you feel from sharp movements at high speed in half. Oh. The bell is alleged to have strong electromagnetic field and could play with gravity and kind of levitate. Yeah, that was that was the best that I could find. <laughs> it was pretty loose description. It could play with gravity. What's that mean, guy? Yeah, what does That's, that mean? What is, it, it can play with gravity? I can play with gravity. Force pull. If I throw a ball, yeah, does pull, it yeah. not fall to the ground? That's me playing with, <laughs> playing gravity. with gravity. Okay, you need some specifics. Project de Glock eventually proved unstable and deadly scientists couldn't even get close to it while it was running or they would die and so they couldn't recreate the recovered technology and so therefore the project was scrapped now imagine if they had been able to reverse engineer that 
They would have had Imagine. the technology that we are looking at Absolutely. now back in back 1946. Yeah, 46. Yeah. Yeah. The war would have been a lot different. Oh, shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, because Nazis were top of the field. Absolute yeah. top of the yeah. field in science and technology at the time. Like, they were fucked in the head, but just, I mean, there was, it feels wrong to call them smart people. How many scientists died? Be like, go and look at it, yeah. dude. Yeah, Hitler, and just keep going. Go. There's the ten the more. Go. Well, I, and you know what? I want to. I want to pose this idea because we're talking about. You know, were they smart people? Obviously, they were. They were. You know, geniuses in their fields. But let, let, let me bring this to you. Okay, so clearly they had open minds to more than what the average scientist. Absolutely. or was looking at they had so, experimented with, with basically that, ray guns yes, trying to do so that with shit. that being the case if you have someone which as people who saw adolf hitler in his rise to power would say he was extremely charismatic he was extremely powerful leader he was extremely powerful speaker very influential he knew how to capture the people he knew what to say with that being said, you say the right things to the right people with the right motivations. They want to change the world. So what if he put that as their motivation? We want to change the world. We want to make the world a better place. So let's create this technology to allow that. As we know, even with our own powers that be, yeah, they, they will take that same open. power to create and propel creativity and use it to destroy their enemies. We'd be under There's the no third doubt right that they were they that they were geniuses, that, that they were smart, that they were above average IQs. That's not to say now, obviously, they have shown a lot of these scientists were doing evil things. Absolutely. However, that's not to say that there were some of them that were into the idea of creating this technology under this idea that we're simply going to propel our people to the next technological phase. Yeah. You know, yeah. in which case most scientists, I think if you were to ask them, would ask very few questions aside from go, where the fuck do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're going to change the world technologically and we're going to show you this new technology that's never been seen. that's going to propel our nation to the next <laughs> space age in 1936. Who wouldn't sign that? Now, unless, obviously, you can't see the future. You're not going to see where Adolf is. Hitler's going to take you. I am in no means defending any of the evil people that were involved in the Nazi regime or the scientists that were involved, but I'm saying that it is proven that there were certain scientists that were simply there that didn't really hurt people. It was the technology they created that was used against the people. I want to reference something now that we talked about a little bit ago, which was the description of the aliens, okay? The three entities that oh. this minister Little gray, big saw, head, big okay? Eye. That he saw no three cares. small rubbery individuals, rubbery. okay, that were dead, that were hairless, small like facial me. features, small mouths, large eyes, no ears, or virtually no ears. Well, so that's a very common means. description of aliens, correct? Yeah, I, I mean that's so. pretty. Whether common. they be okay. tall, whether they be small, unless they're throwing out like reptiles and insects yeah. and whatever, who knows, jellyfish, whatever. So this is it's, my favorite the theory. One. Even the little green men look like that. Exactly. So this is my favorite theory of uh, about aliens so far. I, I have a very open mind about aliens. How the fuck do we know? We don't. But I think if you follow the idea that the simplest answer is the correct one, mm -hmm. I think this anthropologist by the name of Michael Masters claims that UFOs are actually humans in time machines from the future. This is kind of out there if you if you really, really believe in aliens and you really believe in alien species and races, this is going to come as a hard swallow. But in my opinion... 
you know, it answers a few questions, which is one, why haven't we had definitive evidence, flying evidence, photography of a solid like, yes, UFOs exist. Yes, aliens exist. I mean, come on. We have we can see galaxies that we can't see with the naked eye. Nobody can take a clear fucking picture of something flying in the tree line. <laughs> if they're humans from the future, they would know what technology we have to observe the skies how we're watching and therefore be able to avoid detection my theory is that the roswell incident and the crash before that and all the crashes before that were accidents that happened from future us's that were just like mike had said at one point kind of joyriding humans time jumping yeah we can't say whether these are military yeah, official exactly. vehicles or whether they're who knows just that time machines aren't like a smart watch that you buy just, in the future yeah. you know and you have a certain amount of times you can booths. use it you gotta have a license i mean who the fuck knows yeah but really don't. so let's say that two two individuals in separate time frames or maybe to them it was like five seconds apart okay and it happened to land because they were like in the same wormhole but something happened either a malfunction or whatever one landed six years in the past and then the other one landed six years in the future ahead of the other one but they were actually from the same time period perhaps if they are future us's and you believe in the whole timeline paradox thing i think it's just us it stands to reason that by seeing our future selves we would have created a time paradox in which now we are aware that we are out there without knowing that it's us. And so now we're on this crazy hunt. I mean, how many people can you say are obsessed in some way with the idea of life out in the universe? Ooh, a lot. A lot. Shit. Think about the fact that it create almost like how I believe, in my opinion, I believe that ancient alien visits or ancient us or future us's that came back to visit prehistoric or ancient civilizations were revered as gods, therefore created religions and cultures based on what they saw as superstition, because we wouldn't necessarily want to intervene in a way of like saying, Oh, we're just you guys from the future. So if you have some people that are like, Hey, we're going to influence this culture to be amazing and therefore influence every culture to come forward, to try and leap our own technology like me and Mike kind of played around with a theory of what if this has happened before this rise of technology, you know, you have these supposedly technologically advanced civilizations from the past that were able to do all these things that we still have structures that reside now that we can't really explain how they did it. So what if it was a simple matter of they were given the technology similar to where we were and they used it at the time frame in which they were able to, to construct these things, to do these things because they had limited technology. So they were only able to use the technology in a certain way. But if they could like anti-gravity, you could build a fucking pyramid in, with anti-gravity oh, yeah. technology. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Question that people <laughs> would propose to that is if we're unearthing these tombs and finding all these things of the most important people of the time, where are these technologies? They are buried with our most prized possessions. Yeah. You don't think a, a, an emperor would be buried with some anti-gravitational ray or whatever the case is. If it was introduced by future descendants of humans, then it would stand to reason that when they saw that we mishandled the technology and therefore destroyed 
our own culture, they would come back and collect it to... Would that not then undo the future? So they give us this techno. This is time travel, bro. You opened yourself up for this. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. Okay. So they come back, give some people in Egypt this stuff. They make the pyramids. They somehow fuck up and kill everybody. That's what you're saying, right? So the aliens came back and collected the weapons. Why would they not then go back to Just before they gave the us the weapons? I see. And then, it, oh, well, it was a mistake. Now. Yeah, just not give them. Thus, changing time again in some other fashion. But if you the, look at if you look at each civilization has has is advanced than the last, then mm-hmm. perhaps just the fact that they didn't want to erase what had happened, they still wanted us to have clues, but they were afraid of what would happen. Wait for a time when we are deemed worthy. Maybe. It's all speculation, but it's not nearly as crazy as my theory, but this one his his is he says the distant descendants coming back through time to study us in, a, in their own evolutionary past. They're extra tempestrial, which extra tempestrial is basically Current being bipedal, upright walking, five fingers on each hand and foot, and having two eyes, a mouth, and a nose. That's what that means. Gigantic word for saying being vertical. we have the same things as they do. We're vertical. Humanoid, yeah. in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's really amazing because he's like he says, as an anthropologist, he was able to work on numerous archaeological digs in Africa, France, the United States, and so he was able to conceptualize how much more could be learned about our own evolutionary history so if our technologically advanced descendants it would be even that much more in their benefit to go back whoa dude hold up we've been talking about wanting to find the missing link for how long yeah what if the missing link would be interference by future humans yeah you're right they come back we go from part of the paradox yeah plow boom that's oh my god it was it's, yeah, man. Yeah, that was your I'm mind. I'm digging it. I love that. Well, doesn't, that doesn't that mean that, that we would have done so? We would have had to get to the point in the future? Wouldn't we, we have? Uh, well, that's also the paradox of time. What happens if, say, we are currently on the path towards the current future, and then somebody in the current future goes into the past and then changes that one detail, crushes the butterfly that turns into the first Multiple, fish or some shit? Multiple you know, whatever. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, that's all it's supposed to take. That's why it's so open to theory, because all time travel, if possible, means that everything is happening in every conceivable possible way at all times. What is happening now is also happening a second ago and the second before that and the second before that, infinite times in every possible situation. Everything you could think of is happening at some point in time for an infinite amount of time. Wow. Yeah. For sure in your head. Absolutely ridiculous the picture within a picture within a picture within a picture that only happens if you interfere with the first picture by taking another picture of the picture oh man i'm sweating dr masters says dr michael masters uh, doctor's not enough it needs i mean to he be put sir. it on his own he book. was sired by some queen of some time you don't know he was squired by the scientific mind with a wand of knowledge that's like a tube full of money. I think that's called a Nobel Prize. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Many changes characterize human evolution, but it's primarily tenacious shifts toward habitual upright walking that change the brain size and shape 
and facial reduction, reduced body hair, higher intelligence, and the development of increasingly complex tools and culture that most define our lineage. The story of Prometheus. So these changes occurred throughout evolution and have persisted in spite of marked modification to our substance, substance, strategy, climate, eh, fuck. Basically, he's just saying if you watch the evolutionary line, it proves my point. Modern and past human groups would only be capable of comprehending the biology, culture, and technology of these extra tempestrials in a limited capacity as we represent a far more primitive stage of their remote ancestral past. You don't know that. And understanding the past and modern human conditions. You both don't and do know that. These point to the continuation of established biological and cultural trends here on Earth long into the distant future. That's interesting. Adding to the uh, the growth of the brain and everything. Being able to stand up, uh, also you have to have more complex movements. Yeah. So you have to have more brain area to exactly. be able to do more complex things and have different ways to go about more control. Yep. So it would make sense. Okay, so now we have the intellectual idea. The physical description is usually small in stra- uh, stature, usually gray, lacking in pigmentation, hairless, mostly featureless, large eyes, large cranium, small mouths. If you look at the way humans have evolved in the way they look, we have progressively gotten more and more hairless because, like my kids said, we're more indoors than we ever have been in human history. Yep, I said that. If you follow that for another 2,000 years, roughly... You could see how, and and like Mike had said also, is the bone structure of humans in zero gravity is proven to degrade bone density. It's proven. Air Force pilots. Seeing that most of the time in these accounts, they're said to be very, very, very thin, very small bone structure, or if any at all. So with that being said, if you spend all of your time in zero gravity, or at least traveling in zero gravity then it stands to reason that our bodies would adapt and humans adapt very well to their environment. 2,000 years from now, it is easy to say, or, or at least it's easy to reason that humans could potentially evolve into what we perceive now as an alien-looking creature. Yeah, absolutely. This, this theory excites me the most because to me, it answers a lot of questions that the idea of aliens cannot. Uh, number one, why would an alien race travel billions of miles to just watch why if we traveled billions of miles to travel somewhere and found an alien race we would introduce ourselves absolutely not, i guarantee not immediately well maybe Our not immediately would have been just watching but, them but look for how, a long look how, ass time we as humans we have a violent aggressive nature that that leaves us suspicious of unknown things but if you have a race that has never experienced that that is like a whole you know or this idea they have of, experienced it and, and moved have past moved it. Past. Yeah. yeah. Then now they have every reason. Watch Star Trek. Fuck, they'll land on any planet. I don't want to. <laughs> so all I'm don't saying is this: is if our scientific exploratory minds surpass our suspicious, superstitious minds, it stands to reason that there is nothing that would stop us from traveling billions of miles to make contact or to travel through time to make contact. Just like anthropologists, they, tra- they study ancient humans. 
he said there's an entire field there's th- millions of people that that study ancient humans to see where did we come from why are we this way what made us this what's the answers yeah. well if you had what the technology to go use? back how did we live why wouldn't you so what's with? saying that they're not that we're not yeah maybe these are future anthropologists may like if just scientists in general how, how many people uh well just even some of them i just mean yeah that we were handed textbooks in school. Yeah. Does that not, like, most of the kids at your school behaved? Mm-hmm. Some of those kids, little fucking shitheads. <laughs> okay, so what if that's the situation in which we were entertaining with the aliens coming back? Well, if so- there's some of them are responsible and are doing their homework by observing the ancient humans, I want a 50-page report, and then some of them are fucking shooting spitwads down at us, you know? True. Could be that. Well, yeah, exactly. Because if it is, if they have the to, uh, the technology to worm to use wormholes, it wouldn't matter how far. No, specifically that they were, it wouldn't. It would just be a you know whatever. Oh, we found you know Earth. It could be exactly. How would we influence a world if we were constantly observing? I mean, obviously, there's going to be like you had said. There's accidents all the time. Look at a zoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody gets eaten all the time. Well, no, I just mean we go to the zoo just to watch the monkeys oh, yeah. if we allegedly came from the monkeys is that not us going to watch uh, uh, yeah. prehistoric us and from watching them what do the monkeys do they pay attention to us they beg for food they entertain for us that would be similar behavior ah, very true i know that's very what true. i said maybe we're the maybe we're the universe's zoo well I, you've heard the my uh, what do you, you call it that uh the snot theory? Yeah, the thing I was telling you about at my Oh, house. yeah. He said, what if an alien sneezed and basically flung his snot at the wall? Well, how you think about what we see as atoms and molecules, protons, neutrons, electrons, all that stuff. What if, you know, say an alien sneezed on the wall and that we are, say, the bacteria, just the planets in the solar system, the universe itself, different atoms consisted of different molecules spread between the petri dish and because the theory is that the smaller you are time is relative so it would move much slower to you think about how fast you watch amoeba split under a microscope put a disease there how rapidly it grows that could just have been us and then it's all happening while the alien that sneezed is going to the cabinet to grab a napkin microseconds become seconds exactly yeah what do you think? Do you think it's future future us, humans? Do you think it's aliens? I think it's more likely that it's a future us based on all the conspiracy weirdos that are out there talking about, I was abducted in this and that Randy. With the know. Mars and the yeah, Moon. Yeah, when they're going there. What if we are doing that now and in the future, aliens, because we do see them coming through space or following astronauts or appearing from nowhere, maybe we colonize the solar system in the future. Because now I've been thinking about it. You're talking about the grays, and there are both large and small grays of the exact same feature. Yep. And I've talked to you about the physical changes that would come from us colonizing Mars. Yep. Uh, different maybe planets those would have different are gravity. large grays. You're right. And then those would be what are described by Native Americans to have visited large, tall ones. Uh, stuff like that. We're always seeing little ones. Maybe the little ones are just from a spot with a denser gravity pushing down, making you shorter. The tall ones being flimsier from Mars's atmosphere. The skin being gray or whatever is just difference exposure. Mars is farther from the sun, less sun exposure. Could be both too. Yeah. 
could absolutely be both. It could be aliens from the future. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, like yeah. it literally could be I, yeah, both well. in, the, in so many ways. Like, but I believe, I guess, if I believe that it's us, I believe that if they are coming back, I do believe that there was probably some nuclear disaster in our future that they would that changed. Maybe we blow up Earth. Maybe we flat out blow it up, and our government's already colonizing the solar system, and those that make it make it. But maybe we struggle to find the proper materials to uh, sustain life. So they're going back trying to save the planet Earth, being a gold mine of these resources based on some science that we learn in the future. Maybe water is the future of fuel. We don't know why our there's so many UFO sightings coming back to here, whether it be aliens or future, you know? So if that's the case, uh, I think that they're the ones that are presenting us with technology or the accidental reverse engineered could be bringing it back. So that way in the future, they are by the transitive property naturally further ahead in technology because they made it so that in 1941, we got this something that they had developed in their future, we come back, use that for whatever our minds find the purpose for. It might not, you could, transistors could also just have been coasters. Yeah. You don't know what they used them for, yeah. but what we found the use for was this. You know, no UFO has anyone been like, yeah, and they had a sweet-ass radio on the dash. <laughs> okay, so obviously they didn't use it for the same shit we did. <laughs> Maybe similar things, but they are also equipped with a localized EMP and a lot of the UFO accounts disabling our electronic devices. Yeah. So why would a transistor, which would have been fried by any EMP, uh, but if they came back, give us that, their future, now they have even more technological advances, starting with the transistor at our time instead of their time, continuously go back in a feedback loop, progressive uh, technology without... The threat of time. If we could control a temporal field here in just this room, would you not go back and over and over? Like if you could spend all year looking up everything you could on that computer, leave the temporal field, come back, do it again. It's just be like a hyperbolic time chamber. Spend as much time as you want there. It's an infinite timeline. You keep your mentality, but can go back infinitely. Wow. If you could just go back and leave a notebook full of all the most important research on your own desk... And then your past self spends all its time reading it, gets to the future, does it again and again and again and again. Wow. Same thing, the picture within a picture. It's you could infinitely improve your technology far more advanced than you would ever be able to do with any time frame. I think it's a lot more likely that it's us visiting ourselves that is watching out for ourselves or just observing ourselves than an than an alien race that has continued to interfere with Earth's doings for some unknown motivation in the first place. Why would you help an alien race advance technologically? How does that benefit a different alien race? Why would we be on Britain's side compared to Russia in this war? Oh. Well, yeah. yeah. So maybe human there's nature. a galactic human war? Nature. You know, well, that's Whoa. allegedly what Whoa. that Randy Caldwell was saying. Whoa. The non-terrestrial officers, moon base, all of that stuff we've been talking about is all in the proposition of this uh, solar warden, which is a galactic 
battlefield. We have 50 warships was what we were talking about with their claims. So? Yeah, okay. So it would be that. And then, you know, if they're backing us because we have these firepower and they have similar interests to us compared to, say, it, it's just not every alien that is described looks the same. There's these alleged reptilians, there's yeah. insects, there's, you know, whatever else. There could be the fact that there are aliens that we discover in the future. Not great. We have the technology to travel time, sending us back, for my theory, to make us technologically advanced enough to combat all of these other yeah. alien entities. In you the don't right know? areas, too, yeah, like military specifically. Exactly. That would and make that's sense. usually the way it goes, and maybe that's why our military is the only one that's ever contacted by the aliens Space in an Force. agreeable fashion. <laughs> Space they, Force. They abduct civilians. They don't abduct the military top generals. There's no right. general saying that shit happened. They're going with them, and there's alleged deals and exchanges of technology, things like that. So that's why true. wouldn't it be the military being the ones that made it to the future? They're the whole ones in charge of the Space Warden program. Mm. They're the ones with the ships. NASA's still rocking those little guys. We That's haven't true. made it to Mars in a manned ship. We haven't gone anywhere but the moon in a manned ship. And we've been there since 69. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, what's your verdict on this? Well, in many ways, I would definitely say that uh, it makes sense. Both um, the aliens, I think, uh, if they did come, there would be some sort of reason. We might not understand it quite yet. Yeah. Um, or maybe we actually do understand it. They've been very clear about it, and they've just you know, the hush hush trying to keep it specific. I think it would make uh, sense that uh, if they did, though, that they would be looking for something specific. So maybe uh, some sort of a war would be making sense. I don't really want to go necessarily that way. One species of fish currently on the planet <laughs> holds the key to survival go. to their space age. There it is, the dude. mackerel. Operation Starring Mackerel. Samuel L. Jackson and Mark Wahlberg. It's a motherfucker. <laughs> Boom. There we go. That would really make me wonder what, because we're always talking about what we found in space, where we're colonizing in space. We still do not have the technology to reach the bottom of the ocean. So <laughs> yeah. if we have UFOs that could submerge or these electromagnetic pulses that can lessen the gravities of Gs, can it also lessen that crushing power towards the bottom, allowing oh. us to go down there and find that? And if so, what do we have naturally down there that are so valuable possibly to the military that we don't even know about? That's we don't very know true. about half the creatures. We don't have any of that. The ocean is extremely unexplored. And as far as all these UFO videos, it's always space, the moon, Mars. Maybe none they're of them converting. None of them maybe that's exactly what it is. Look to the stars because we're just time travelers. We don't need to fly from Saturn to here. We're not tracking anything from the Kyber Belt in that has ever done. We're tracking all the asteroids that are big enough to wipe us out. Why wouldn't we, a giant ship, if it's flying around, enters the Kyber Belt, why wouldn't our radars catch it or our telescopes see it to be able to track that? Well, so, specifically see, too. Like, if they had some sort of technology, unless it was some sort of a cloaking like yeah, device. Yeah, well and that sense. is they're they're alleged to be able to make you think there's like 20 bogeys on your radar like I said localized employees to shut stuff down they've oh taken, yeah i mean if you have anti-gravity propulsion you can travel billions of miles through space i'm pretty sure you can scramble a fucking radar well yeah 
It's that's what I mean. Is you would, we you don't would think know. That you could think that though, but it, but just because someone's like su- or, or a race is super yeah uh, it, technologically advanced True. in one way, it doesn't mean like you would think that we know a lot of stuff as humans, yeah. but we just don't do it. You the know military what I mean? like, has radio jammers. It doesn't mean they're always on. True. It's only on when they need it. So if it's an actual alien race entering our carbon belt, why would they have that on unless they either a specifically knew we were there? Or B, we're tracking something else going past or through or nearby because it's it, there's a lot of space as we talk about. We can't say there's nothing else out there. Well, it seems awful unlikely for them to constantly pinpoint this one unless we're either neighbors or have something valuable. Yeah. yeah. So yes. that would be, and honestly, that that would be the, th- the the reasoning behind it. You know, in my opinion. But at the same That's time, only it with makes our own thought process exactly. But at the yes. same, same time, it makes more sense that, that or it makes a lot of sense. I should say that uh, future us is coming back, and I would say that they would be trying to learn specifically. It could be. It would, be, it would make more sense more about what we have at the time. Like maybe they we we already know we're running out of the earth's natural resources yeah maybe they either find a way to either switch to a natural resource that is more self-sufficient and then are going in the back so that way we got a clean energy source it probably would be ai that would be coming back oh oh sure drums. because just imagine look where we're at right now if yeah. it was the future it True. would make sense ai is already here yeah. you know what i mean like so mm-hmm. that's something that can be happening within you know what i mean i wouldn't be surprised next month if you know something crazy popped up just like mm-hmm. we well, made a huge break for you in this way if or you this look is what at, we're making right now if you look at the ufo encounters there hasn't been any documented evidence of alien creatures having crashed aircraft since 1947 uh well and then yeah the 41 and the 47 there Other so so it, it does stand to reason well, that they switched and, and to drones those are the same three dead ones remember when we were talking about nixon oh uh, and talking to jackie gleason jackie about that gleason. three other bodies in vats no known circumstance of their health but either they were dead or they weren't doing great. And that was in 69, right? That was Nixon's term. I can't remember. No, that was like 62 or something like that. Oh, okay. Or 64, 63. Oh, 63. 63, okay. Yeah, 63. But that's another three alleged aliens that we've seen. Somebody wrote this crazy book that has all the different alien races in it. Yeah. How many people have talked about, out of nowhere, this underground... Uh, reptilian race or whatever. Phil. Yeah, exactly. He talked about, and then uh, uh, that Randy guy. Kramer. The insectoids and (laughs) stuff like that that were alleged to occupy Mars. Insects and reptiles, remember? And we talked about because it would be a desert-like environment, it would be cold, but it would be standard reason that they would be reptilian-like. Underground reptilian. Exactly, exactly. Well, and that's just what we classify as reptilian, being cold-blooded. Who knows Mm -hmm. as to what their physiology is? Maybe that's just how in the cold, maybe, you know, 25 degrees above would be like melting point for these creatures. You don't know. We just don't fucking know. Well, just like they found, you know, organisms that they didn't think could live in the harsh, extreme uh, conditions <laughs> over in An- An- Antarctica, isn't it? Uh, yeah. They found microbes that can live in not only on sub-degree ice. temperatures, but 
yeah. like extremely like to where no human could possibly exist they found it's living actually organisms. supposed to be in my theory it's never outright been said but i think that's global warming what's global warming the this microorganisms living in antarctic ice is melting the ice oh that's one of the polar ice caps which by nature have to be frozen with our magnetic core to keep us spinning in the same direction. Otherwise, we'll spin in all directions. So those organisms are keeping it from freezing. No, they're they're actively melting it. Oh, they have been doing it for a very long time. They're the what look like little blood veins shooting through the ice. So are you saying that I'm saying all that the global warming, including Greta Van, whatever the fuck, is wrong? I don't know. I can't say any of that. What I'm thinking is that this... You're saying aliens are causing global warming, Mike? Nobody said that this was aliens. It's a sub-Arctic bacteria. No one said it came from a different planet. It could literally be naturally forming here. The Earth here was not always covered in in ice. It could have just been something that developed during the Ice Age, and that's why it feeds on ice. Mike, are you saying that... Aliens are teabagging the polar ice caps, and therefore, that's what's causing global warming. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, we have covered a lot. We covered the UFO crash 1941, supposedly, before Roswell. Well, it would have been before Roswell. That, that, that potentially started the technological age in the 1947. Uh, June 14th, you have <laughs> the crash of Roswell. And then six months later, the invention of the transistor directly influenced the world's technology from that going forward. Uh, then we talked about reverse engineering and all that good jazz. That was like most of it, so that good jazz. Oh, yeah, man. That, that was good. That was fun. Nazi Germany, the Hitler. Jazz. The Hitler. Snot theory. The Hitler. Snot theory, indeed. Are we just snot on a wall waiting for the That's alien right. to come back and wipe That's us Mike's off? That's Mike's snot theory. That is not related to any actual science. Scientific <laughs> proof. The proof is out there. The proof so, is in the snot. As always, we find our references. You can Google any of this shit. Except um, for the snot theory. Except for the snot theory. And probably that's lots of other head. stuff. Google this stuff. Keep an open mind. Remember, if you see something, say something. Be on the lookout for the aliens. 